welcome to Metaverse Cast. This is another English episode where I'm talking to Zhang Yen from Reniverse. Zhang's story is interesting for two specific reasons. First, they're taking on one of the largest challenges and biggest dreams of future gaming. Second, because they are gamers without a game developer background who have done very well creating a Web3 gaming-focused startup. One of the key words in this episode, and that is one of the biggest, as I see it, and many others, challenges, and also one of the biggest dreams of integrating blockchain with gaming, and that is interoperability. And it doesn't even have to have anything to do with blockchain as such, because interoperability basically means that you can take stuff from one game to the other. And if you're looking at it from a metaverse point of view, you can bring your stuff with you no matter what metaverse you're in. People are still out on the, you know, are we talking about is the metaverse the sum of everything that's going on online or is a metaverse some you know some people you know microsoft have a metaverse like meta has a metaverse uh sandbox is another meta metaverse and decentraland is a like another metaverse you know will there be you know many metaverse side some people okay you know that is still out and i'm not out to define that in in this episode uh, but definitely one thing that goes through all of it is interoperability and in this episode we discuss some of the solutions that reniverse has created to bring interoperability to games and also some of the challenges that the concept faces in general you know what are the problems with interoperability you know what happens when you take your legendary whatever flaming sword uh, from a fantasy game to a sci-fi game and things like that and then we actually also got into talking a little bit about startup which i think was a super cool little angle because sang and his body they used to be college roommates and then they played a lot of games they were basically gamers who saw something that they would like in gaming and then they started building it so we talk a little bit about their journey going from you know being roommates to actually being business partners in a cool web3 startup which i also think is a very very interesting conversation so here we go Enjoy the conversation with Shang, and see you on the other side. Hello, Shang. Hello, was that Jessica. wrong? Uh, yeah. Zhang, Zhang. 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 Yeah. Zhang. So, sorry about that, even though we, we practiced uh, beforehand, but that's, you know, how it is. I, I think it's kind of charming, actually, that so many people all over the world are coming together with different names that we all have to make an effort to learn how to uh, pronounce. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for taking the time uh, to, uh, to talk with me and, uh, you know, 
can you start about telling you know like who who are you and uh, and what is what is your project? Yes, uh, definitely, it's my pleasure to be here today too. Um, so a little bit about me. So I started out as uh, also in in IT in the IT space. I worked as a consultant for a couple of years, and then um, last year, me and my friends, we um, uh, who's also my co-founder now. Uh, we got together and, you know, we kind of take a look at NFTs and how, you know, how it represents uh, a digital asset. And basically, we we we, we are also long-time gamers. Uh, we play tons of games since we were kids. And, you know, and having, having true ownership over what you have in a game is something, you know, not, has not been, you know, has not been, fulfilled for the gamers um, up until this point where we have the concept of the NFT games, as you can see. So we kind of take all these concepts together and we thought like, if um, if the NFTs uh, represent the true ownership over digital assets, should it be interoperable? Meaning that should it be um, able to be moved from one game to another or from another metaverse to another metaverse? And the answer is yes, it should be. And uh, we we basically go into um, you know uh, researching about interoperability, how um, how the topic has evolved over the years. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it's not a new topic at all. Uh, I think it's it's it surfaced um, way back in 2012 or 2010. Um, but back then, like none of none of the you know none of the none of the project works because we don't have a decentralized um, platform like we do today with Web3. Um, so therefore interoperability is uh, was almost impossible back then. But now that we have, you know, we have the public ledgers, we have uh, Web3 technologies, um, it's very, very easy to basically uh, own something uh, on the digital and then have it, uh, have it move from one world to another, from one game to another. So basically, that's how we got together and we we found it uh, Renaverse. It's been, uh, I think, it's been six months now, and um, we uh, we we just uh, we just closed the uh, the seed round for 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 our, uh, investment. Uh, we expected to close a few more uh, investors until we make like an official um, uh, official announcement about our our, our fundraising round. But yeah, it's, uh, it's basically the, the core of the product is interoperability, but uh, the details, I think there's more. But uh, but yeah, that's how we, we founded the project. And and the project is called Reniverse, right? Yes, Reniverse.io. Um, yeah. That's usually how we, we call it as well. Um, so basically it's an open gaming platform. Uh, that allows you know, uh, game developers and gamers to basically interact to each other on the platform, and you know, game game developer will provide services uh, basically in a fame, in in a form of NFT games to gamers, and then gamers will you know place these games and use our platform to manage their NFT basically to to move the NFT from one place to another, one game to another. And uh, basically, uh, DeFi features for for them to earn more passive income. So basically, when they're playing, they can stake the NFT, or they can rent it, or they can lend it. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of the things that that 
many people have raised a concern about interoperability is, you know, everybody has to kind of agree on some standards uh, for Mm -hmm. that to be possible. And then there's, uh, you know, you know, there's a little bit like a flavor discussion as well in, in terms of, you know, how do you take like a, like a medieval sword into like a sci-fi thing? And, and, and what about the, the, the strength of different items in different games and how do you do that? You know, is that something you've thought about? Yes, uh, definitely. We, we thought about that very early in the process. Uh, there, there are actually some kind of standards already in the game development world. Um, basically, we have, uh, we have these um, uh, gaming engine uh, like uh, you know Unreal Engine or uh, Unity Engine, so they they represent a kind of standard already, uh, and we we work based on these kind of engines. So basically, we started out with Unity Engine first because it's very it's it's lightweight and it's very popular among you know indie game developers. Basically, more game developed in Unity uh, than Unreal or other engine. So basically, we start with Unity and then we kind of work out on basically the data model so basically we give the we give the users the uh, the tools to define the data model so if the game is 2d um they're gonna they have to define some 2d asset and if the game is 3ds we record the 3d asset um and also the attributes of the item as well so basically um like um 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 how do i say it it's more like uh, you know in it where you have you have, you have database and you kind of create these kind of elements in your database so it's it's it's, it's kind of like that with our you know with our what we call uh interoperable engine is that we allow people to define a data model and basically to upload the asset that they have um, in, into the you know into the data model and then when we move the NFT we just update the data um, but that that's how it works on paper but um, having it actually works in the system is going to be much easier for you to you know for you to 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 imagine exactly how it's going to work um, but that 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 is like a, a very basic idea of how we're building it um, but everything is still in process the product is still in process. We uh, we're planning to release um, like a beta version, more like an alpha, not even beta, but alpha version of the engine um, in June. Yeah, Q two. Okay. So Q two. Just to you know, um, I'm one of the the people who really have to understand things very very simple. So you know, if you if you have a, a like an item like a sword with a certain power level, if one game. Mm-hmm. And you transfer it to another game. You know what? How do you make sure that it fits kind of on the right shelf uh, in terms of like being like overpowered or underpowered in another game? Or you know, because I can understand the, the like the transferring one NFT to another game if it was like a skin or something like that. But if it's something that actually affects uh, the game, you know, uh, how does that work? So basically, we have uh, we have different scenario here uh, that we can actually look into. Um, most of our current partners, like game developer, we, we are working with right now. What we uh, recommend them is that um, to start out uh, with interoperability, try to you know try to be in the cosmetic side. So, like you said, 
uh, converted into a skin so that it doesn't affect your basically game economy or game mechanics. Uh, that is the easiest way to start with interoperability and it 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 also provide good feelings or you know or the enjoyment from gamers so that they 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 can actually see their ad set in another game but it doesn't do anything but it's fine because you know gamers like us we we love skins we love differentiation um in in our gameplays and that's how that's how we recommend these studio to start um the second stage uh that um you know we are setting out to basically educate our customer on is that um, you can create games based on interoperability. So basically when you have um, one studio created two games uh, in their portfolios and they design it so that in a way that from the beginning it was interoperable already. So they design it with the idea that the gamers can transfer a sword into a gun and you know they design it from the start and it's going to be even you know even better for the gaming experience. Um, but that is the latest stage. That is the much harder stage. It requires a lot more capital for game uh, developer to actually try it out. Uh, so we recommend like, you know, starting out, you know, with a small step with cosmetic, with skins, with, you know, uh, even special game modes um, so that, you know, people got used to the idea of interoperability first um, before building out something, you know, something like a metaverse. Where you have two words, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I can imagine that you would almost have to agree on some kind of weighted system of different levels across game developers, you know, to be able to transfer assets that has impact on the game between games. Exactly. I can also see that you know, like you just mentioned, that if you have you have stuff like you know Unreal Engine and Unity Engine. And if you again also have this, just like people are, you know, we we have this universe or like somewhat universal system for shoe sizes, right? Mm-hmm. So you can use that for, for game item sizes to, to to for power level and and even as you just said, like is it two D or three D and, and things like that? That like, super interesting, but. Uh, you know, I, I must admit that you, you come, you know, calm me down a little bit when you say that, that that's like next level stuff because uh, I, I can see that then it's ah okay I see it then then it then it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I I was really curious to talk to you about is is uh, like tokenomics in games because you, you said Renaverse also have some you know. Mm-hmm. Ca- you know, before I guess my way forward, you know, you know, what what what's the tokenomic side of 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 what you do? So the tokenomic side is that we, um, when we thought about our business model with interoperability, there's one flaw, is that uh, how do we incentivize game uh, developers to be on our platform? Um, you know, convincing them to be interoperable is already a hard task. How do we even con- um, like you know bring them into our platform because the NFT needs to be minted in- on our platform so that we you know we control the data model from the beginning and you know that enables the interoperability uh, later on. So basically, we 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 look at that and we decided that we need we need to we need a system we need a tokenomics to incentivize people to join us. Um, and that's that's where we create like um, our tokens and then with uh, DeFi features. So basically we 
um, as NFT holders, we, you know, we can do a lot of things with it. We can uh, stake it, we can rent it, we can lend it from other people. Um, so basically that's where we thought, why don't we provide this uh, suite of uh, features to gamers? And then as they use these features, um, we will share the revenue with uh, game uh, developers. So basically every transaction, every platform uh, on a platform is going to be, you know, is going to be um, uh, distributed back into the, to the game developer. And then we only charge a small fees. So basically that's how we, uh, that's how we decided that we need a tokenomics. We need a token uh, to do two things. So first uh, to make it transparent in terms of revenue sharing. Um, it's so much easier for revenue sharing in the form of, you know, uh, NFT for creators or for originator um, because of the blockchain. Uh, so that's the first benefit. Uh, the second benefit is that um, uh, we, we, we provide a new revenue stream to, to game uh, developers, to game studios. Instead of just selling games or, you know, selling ads in the games, they, um, they can basically, or loot box or, you know, package, uh, they, they can now earn through, you know, all of these transactions. People are going to stake their NFT because um, why would you not? And people will, you know, will use interoperable futures, will transfer, will lend, will rent. And all of these economy will provide, like, you know, pretty good income for the game developers already. Uh you hear the word if you if you uh, browse around in this whole uh, uh, area, you hear the mm -hmm. word staking a lot. And if mm -hmm. there's somebody out there who's because lending, we understand. Okay, I I, I lend my uh, like coins, whatever that is, tokens, in, in mm -hmm. this regard uh, to somebody else. Uh, and renting. That means okay, you know, I'll lend you my my uh, I'll rent you my sword, so you can you know do this raid, and then we we split the treasure kind of thing, right? But mm -hmm. but staking, uh, that's that's the thing that comes from like finance. Could you, could you explain you know what's your explanation when you have to explain staking? Yeah, so staking is more like um, you know you give you basically give the ownership back to somebody else um, and then earn a return based on it. So we, uh, I think a lot of people is um, familiar with uh, staking, coin staking. So you can stake your coins on, you know, pancake swap and you earn like basically a return um, over time. What we introduce is we introduce um, also NFT uh, staking. So the way it works is very simple. We we take the price on the market and we basically give you a return um, every month based on what we call the incentive pool is. So uh, depending on outflow and the inflow of the pool, we will decide um, a specific amount of token every month to give out to all the stakers. Um, it's basically a way to give out a token to the economy um, and then as people are using our uh, features on the platform, they will be charged with the same token. So that's basically how the inflow and the outflow work. But staking here is the way we, you know, we give uh, we give out the rented token to to holders and um, to basically start the uh, economic cycle. Um, and we, yeah, that's the mechanism. We just we use uh, we use basically oracles 
to uh, get the NFT price and to decide, you know, how big of a stake are you in the staking pool right now? And we give you uh, um, equivalent return based on your staking size uh, of your NFTs. Okay. So you have to explain that in, in layman terms, you know, yeah. I can relate to, uh, you know, an NFT might be what, like a, let's just stay in the early stage, you know, so it's a skin, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a t-shirt for my game character. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to stake that. What, what is that? How does that work? And, and what, why would I do that? Yeah. So basically, um, As, as an NFT holders, uh, you either use the NFT for in-game items or uh, basically use this for a skin um, or for your weapons or for your armor. So basically, if you do that, um, it's, um, it's a good usage, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a waste if the NFT just be there. Um, you know what I mean? So basically, we, we create a staking, meaning that you can go into a portal, you click stake, And then the NFT will be basically will be staked into our system. You, What does you that cannot mean? staking. What does that mean? Staked into your system. Basically, you give us uh, you give us our um, your ownership uh, over the NFT. So okay. we we currently holding the NFT for you until the contract ended. So usually when you stake, uh, we we create a contract, a smart contract for you um, in a, in a period of a month. So basically, if you keep the skin there for a month, I give you a fixed amount, Rene. If you unstake the skin, you will just lose the Rene. That's it. So basically, you you the 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 mechanism is simple. Um, uh, it's basically we temporarily hold your item for you, and then we give you Rene. And why is why is that interesting? Both you know, it's for the for the people who own it at the beginning. Okay, they get something in return. Why is mm -hmm. it interested for the for the economic system to to have these to, you know, for you to, to own that for a period of time. Why is that interesting? Uh, owning is not really uh, the right word. We basically don't own it. We, hold we don't it, rent it. Uh, whatever. Yeah, you we know, but... hold it for you. Yeah. yeah. So we, we don't actually own it in a way that we can take it and use it for something else. We basically hold it for you. And, you know, we put like a, you know, we put like a guard, uh, like a watcher on your yeah. asset. You. And the watcher will make sure you don't transfer your asset to another person. You cannot sell your asset. Um, that's the only thing you, you cannot do. But if you want to, you can unstake anytime. And we, you know, we we um, uh, we um, delete the contract that we created for you. Yeah. That's it. Why why is it interesting to hold it? Mm, for for me, like for for the platform or for the yeah. gamers? Yeah, for the platform. For the platform, it's just a way. Um, if you think about mining, that's a way for you know for people to mine our coin. Okay, so I'm trying to explain people to you know to people who don't necessarily know all these terms. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know it's like mining. Okay, then we have to explain what mining is. Mm -hmm. uh, so so it's just like well, why why is that? You know, because I think staking is probably the phenomenon phenomenon that most people don't really understand what's it for mm -hmm. and and uh, you know in, our, in DeFi there's you know proof of uh, work and proof of you know all this and the other thing yeah. and it's just yep. so so it's just like why is it interesting for the developers of the ecosystem to hold assets for people what's the mechanic behind that the, the mechanics um, 
if if we talk about a mechanic, it's more like a, a smart contract um, on 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 the behind the scene. So basically, um, it's yeah. I, I don't really have a. What's a the much, value in it? The value the value is basically just to receive the coin. So basically, as an NFT holder, you you either sell the NFT to make some money or you just use it and. Basically, yeah, if you are the the people who are like responsible for the treasury, uh, you know, you 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 are the one receiving uh, holdership, if we're gonna want to call it that, uh, mm -hmm. of people's NFT in the ecosystem. What's where's the value? What's the value in that? Why 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 is that mechanism there? Why is it interesting? Mm, for us, uh, for us, we um, we actually don't need. Uh, to to hold an NFT, um, it's basically we as a platform we don't use the NFT that we hold for anything. It's basically just a mechanism for us to to basically we need to uh, start giving out money to people if we want an economy to run. So basically, we need a, a place to start. Um, so a lot of project you see, there's always a way for you to get the token somehow. Some game you play the game, you have to play the game to get the tokens. Um, some you need to, you know, you need to stake something to 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 get a token. Uh, staking here, you know, you can stake Ethereum, and then they give you return on their own token. For example, yeah. Um, so very similar to that idea, we 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 use NFT staking as a way to okay, here's the money, go use it for something else. We we give you our our coin like Rene coin so that you can use it in a system, and basically that that's how we start giving our money, because uh, we we can we can't just say that hey here's some money here's some money for everybody it it doesn't work like that and unless we do like a small airdrop or whitelist for people, then a few people we we get the coin like basically for free, but yeah. like in the real world there shouldn't be anything like for free. And we, so the reason you stake things in the in the in DeFi is basically, you know, to have a, a like security in a liquidity pool, right? You know, so that's why it's interesting for the for the you know you know the organization, the ecosystem, to to, to have uh, you know be backed up by security, so that okay, I give you uh, some of my money to hold, and then then that means you can do a lot of other things. And, and yep. I get a little bit in return, so that's what I'm looking for. Okay, but but for you, it's like you don't really need this the stuff that you receive, but mm -hmm. it's you know that's that's the usual mechanism, uh, you know, so that people can can earn the the token. Is that yep. correct? I think down down the line we can actually rent it out for people, um, but that's very complex because uh, you know people stake, people unstake. There's a lot of un, uh, like uh, unstake unstable things in the market we need to make it really stable so that later on we can actually rent it out to people and then share the revenue of renting out back so basically you stake it and then we use the revenue to actually pay for your staking so that's the ideal scenario in the future but initially we we want it to be open we want it to be easy for people to stake so you come in you just stake yeah. um, but you know later on you know in a year or two we have a lot of users we 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 start putting out rules we say hey if you stake you have to stake for a month yeah. you know you have to agree to it uh if you want to unstake for a month you need to you pay like a penalty fee 
Yes. So that's, that's that's where we can actually like regulate what 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 you usually say is regulate the market better, so that you can actually use the items you're holding to say, hey, let me do the landing for you, let me land it to other people for you. Yeah. Um, and we that makes good sense. Mm -hmm. So because you know if if people commit to a, a certain a fixed period of time, then you can rent that out. Uh, exactly. for more than you pay uh, for that time and and that you know everybody makes uh, that makes everybody happy in in the in the system um, yes. yeah okay cool um tell me the story about you know how did you know you you and your friend who are both mm -hmm. gamers you got the idea mm -hmm. uh, and and what was kind of the the you know from from uh, when you got the idea to where you are now, you know, what, what has happened, you know, what's the story? So we, uh, we, we, we started out like, you know, way back in college, we, me and this guy, uh, he used to be my college roommate and, um, yeah, we play a lot of games together. And one of the game we love to play is uh, gacha games. Um, if you know about them, so gacha oh. game, gacha game is like, uh, you know, a game where you, um have to collect characters or uh, or items um and you gain these characters or items through loot boxes so basically you know gambling pretty close to gambling <laughs> and um and yeah we, we we got in we really got into these games and um it's um is you know it's, it's um it feels very very different when you you know open a box and then you receive a very rare like characters so basically that's the whole feelings from, and then, you know, um, what happened is we play many of these games over the years and, you know, once in a while we get bored of it. So we start a game and then, you know, three months later, we move on to another game and all of the, all of the effort we put into the previous game is gone. So basically, you know, all the cool monsters or the cool items, you, you lose it, you start over in the new game and, you know that that really that really bothered us, but there's nothing to do. There's no there's no solution. Um, the only solution is that you know you you sell your whole account when you move on to another game, and usually you sell it for a huge discount. Um, you don't get to you know you don't get to even keep half of what you pay for. Mm. Um, so that that's the issue. And then we 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 you know we watch sci-fi movie too. So like um, uh, Ready Player One. So that's, that movie is really, really like, you know, the pinnacle of interoperability, how it's gonna be, you know, in 10, 20 years in the VR world. I think that's how interoperability is gonna be. Um, so basically we, we see that and we see like NFTs um, again, as I said, like um, a mechanism to basically own something on the digital space. And we, we kind of see that, hey, if we can, you know, if we have this ownership, isn't it like possible to retain your ownership uh, over time? Um, unless, you know, unless the, the, the whole chain goes down, which is very unlikely, uh, your NFT is gonna be there forever. Um, and, um, and yeah, so that's how we, we started out. It's just a very normal conversation at lunch. And then it's actually very challenging as well. Um, as we dive into the topic, the first two months, it was really, you know, it was really, really hard for us. Like uh, the guy, he, the other guy, he's a technical guy. So he, he's kind of looking into unity and stuff. And then for me, I'm a more of a uh, business development guy. So I go out and I start talking to 
uh, game developers, game studio to see what do they think about the idea. So yeah, it was very, very challenging um, initially. Um, uh, for him, it was very complex, as you said, like there's no standard uh, for games to actually talk to each other right now. Like, you know, system have a standard called, you know, maybe, um, sorry if I'm being too technical, but like REST API or, you know, SOAP API, these standards make it easy for system to talk to each other. Mm. But uh, games doesn't have that kind of uh, standard. Uh, it just have an engine that's it and how we, you know, how we, how we use this uh, engine to uh, make a product that let people customize whatever they want um, is is very challenging. Uh, it took it took us a few months to basically um, to basically answer the question of feasibility. Um, um, is it actually feasible to do, to build something like that? And once we make sure it's feasible, you know, I go and talk to people and. We we hit another you know we hit another um, challenge is that games uh, studio doesn't like the idea of sharing the asset to you know external games, it's just unconventional for them because uh, most of the games we see today is um, wall garden, basically they design it as a very close um, uh, digital world from the beginning that trap the player you know their goal is to make you play the game as long as possible um so yeah it, it was a wall garden from the beginning and having interoperability doesn't make any sense for them um so yeah it was really hard for the cup for the first couple of months like you know we talked to a few studio they all turned out the idea um but then we 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 what happened is that we uh we kind of realized we talked to the wrong you know uh, genre so if you look at the genre of the game we have a lot of genres and um, most of people, when they think about, you know, when they think about VR and how they think about gaming in the future, they think a lot about RPGs, um, you know, how you got into a fantasy or you got into a sci-fi world. And, um, and yeah, uh, people expect interoperability to have to happen in RPGs, but RPG is hard. RPG is always designed to be a wall garden. So we kind of take uh, we kind of take a different approach and we look at different genres, uh, like casual game, arcade games, uh, games that people just play purely because of fun. Um, and, you know, when, when people play these games for me as, you know, longtime gamers, when I play the games either online or offline, uh, casual or um, arcade or puzzle games, it's, it's, it's the achievement in the game that actually matters here. You know, you you compete for you know the high score on a scoreboard or you compete for um uh for um for record in in the game so you know how fast you solve the puzzle or how fast you clear a stage um so yeah the gamers actually like in these kind of uh, genre the gamer actually cares more about uh you know the fun of it just playing for the fun of it uh, RPG is different RPG you know you play for the competitiveness you play for the stories you play for immersiveness, a lot of elements going into these projects. Um, so yeah, we kind of we kind of realized that. And then we we start talking to different studio, uh, studio who specialize in casual games in, um, uh, you know, uh, um, um, not like hardcore gaming, uh, basically studios. And it turned out to be great. Like, you know, they 
even before uh, blockchain, they, they even do cross, um, like what you say is cross promotion and basically kind of have interoperability, um, but only with a few studio together already. So basically if you play this game, you earn something, you can, you know, you can use that privilege in another game, but it's just, it's just, um, it's just, um, you know, um, um, what I say is uh, it's just, a personal handshake between two studios. There's no, there's nothing big scale going on. There's no underlying uh, technology that power this interoperability. Um, so yeah, I think I think with with only with blockchain, um, interoperability is feasible. Um, although the, the you know the concept is around for a really long time already. Um, so yeah, and then we got to metaverse, um, and we talked with a few metaverse projects. And it's, it turned out to be the same too, because Metaverse Project, not all of them is making, you know, an RPG game. Uh, a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of the project is about experience um, uh, or XR. Excuse me, I need to sneeze. <laughs> That's great. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, when we talk with a few um, Metaverse uh, builders, um, I'm not sure how to call them right now, but uh, metaverse builder should be like you know yeah. um, easier for, to refer yeah. about them. Yeah. They, um, I talked with uh, you know a project which is really cool. They want to they they want to create metaverse for music experience. Uh, so basically, you get you, you put on your VR headset and you um, you 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 travel to different planets, and each planet is like a stage, um, a Ooh. stage of yeah, a stage of, you know, a concert. And you just move from planet to another planet and stuff like that. And each planet belong to, you know, belong to an artist, for example. And, you know, the artist can interact with a fan, with a fan on the planet. So yeah, that's one of the projects we are working with right now. It's really, really cool. And all of these wow. projects- I'm they, just thinking about the, you know, from when you, when you, uh, you the two of you, you, you made it, feasible uh you know, understood that okay this is this this is gonna you know this is how this could work mm -hmm. and then you started to uh, to talk to people and and found out okay initially you were walk, uh, knocking on the wrong doors but then you mm -hmm. found somebody who already understood the concept and i i was just checking out your website and uh you know you was like was like as you said six months into the project yeah, the website yeah. is uh, the website is gonna be uh, updated a lot because uh, it was it was almost the first website we put on. Yeah, I'm just uh, thinking about not how the website looks, but you know, it looks like you have a, a a good team behind it. You know, how did you get from being the two of you to uh, to actually uh, you know finding the, the the people that's on your team and and how how was that? Uh, What's the story behind that? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, initially it's just me and my co-founder. Um, um, and then we um, we look at us, and you know, the, my co-founder is specialized in Web three. Um, he he worked in Web three since two thousand fifteen. Um, and then I'm a guy from software development, like consultant, SaaS consultant. So we for the product we we make we define three elements for the product is the first thing is web three 
The second thing is SaaS. Um, so we, we, we create the SaaS product and with a SaaS business model. And then uh, finally is the gaming aspect of the product. So we decided that we need, a, we, need a, we need another guy with a gaming experience because both of us, we play a lot of game, but we don't have experience in actually making games. So yeah, we set out and then we, we, the first person we hired is the product guy. And the guy is um, definitely like, uh, we need someone in the gaming industry, um, especially game development industry. And um, yeah, that's how we, that's how, and then we just, you know, uh, create the job description and start hiring, um, start interviewing. And then we, uh, we met uh, who, who's our product lead right now. Uh, he's, um, uh, he's actually like a CEO of, uh, he was a CEO of a studio back then, a game studios. Um, and he's specialized in casual game as well. Uh, so basically, he he has a lot of experience in game development. He he was a game developer himself. Yeah. Um, so, so you already had some funding to go with, so you could hire people. Or how does that work? Yeah. Initially, we bootstrapped the project. So we, uh, me and my co-founder, we 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 use our own funds to yeah. to fund it. Yeah. Um, and then we start, you know, building our team. And I think we 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 only have enough uh, budget for like 10 people. Um, so so yeah, we we hire uh, around 10 people. The team, the team before we closed the funding round was like 10 people. Yeah. And that's the maximum we can you know we can we can do. And we we kind of built out like a first version of the MVP. Yeah. Uh, for the staking module and the multi-chain module. Um, so we have that demo and then we kind of use that demo to uh, pitch to investors and kind of um, kind of introduce them to a vision. This is where we start. Um, why do we need more funding, funding and stuff like that? And, uh, and yeah, um, fast forward to today, we, we, we are 24 people now. Um, we, we grew the product team very aggressively um, uh, because it's a lot of uh, it's, it's a lot of components. It's a complex product. Um, so you have backend, you have front end, and then you have a SDK. You have, yeah, you have a lot of stuff to build. So we have uh, we have quite a lot of people on the product side now. I'm I'm curious, you know, in that whole you know where you uh, because in my experience, people are always very good at imagining you know what happens once the ball gets rolling. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think that the story about how to actually get the ball rolling is pretty interesting, you know. And I've been part of funded projects before, and it's mm -hmm. like how you know from getting to was it your network or how did you get in contact with possible funding? Uh, you know, did you meet any obstacles on the way, and you know how did that work? Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's really hard. Uh, I I was not a I was not a founder before. This is the first uh, startup that I founded. Um, so yeah, I'm not well connected in the startup world. Um, I, I I this is my first uh, fundraising journey as well. So basically, I'm a very very unexperienced startup founder. Um, some some uh, you can say that, and um and yeah, it was it was really hard in the beginning. Um. um I have no idea who to contact, how to contact them, how to you know how to reach out to all these funds. Um, 
Uh, and then, you know, you, when you go to the website, they sometimes they have like, you know, send us your pitch deck and then you send it and nobody really answer you for like weeks. Um, so yeah, it was, it was like that uh, in the beginning. And then we, um, we, we kind of actually, we kind of got lucky and met, a, uh, met who's our marketing lead right now. So he, uh, he, he kind of, he knew us from, uh, from another agency. Um, back then we were looking for help in marketing and then we, we, we kind of worked with uh, this agency and then he, he kind of saw us and then our project and he, he really liked the project. So then he proposed to 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 actually join the project and and you know work on marketing, and he's um, he's been helping us with fundraising because he worked in he worked in traditional finance for like twenty years twenty six years, um, so he's he's he worked in sales um, in in you know funds and stuff, so he he kind of know how the funds work he kind of know how to reach out to people and he he basically helped me out you know this is how you do it these are the channels. And, you know, I just go out and knock, knock on, you know, doors and, you know, one door after the next until, until you get, you know, you get somebody to say yes. Um, yeah. And it was, uh, it was a long journey. It was like three, four months, three months um, with like, I think until now we have like, I think I did the pitch 37 times, uh, three, seven. That's, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's not, that's not too bad at all. Like, uh, but it's going to be 50 it's going to be 60 soon because i'm i'm going to do this continuously but yeah um the success rate is always going to be low uh whether you are you know whether you are a long time founder or not um the chance of funding that you have from bc is very small hmm. um if you talk to like you know 60 people there should be around like five four or five who are actually interested um so yeah, the, uh, it, it it was tough, but uh, we 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 got over it. Um, we we kind of get better over the day too. Like as we pitch uh, to more people, we kind of learn, yeah. um, you know, what they think, how they think, and you kind of know what kind of people they are. Uh, you know, are they the kind of technical investor? Are they the kind of you know hype investors who cares about you know um, hype and traction or? Um, you know, some is very technical who cares about the technology and um, are you developing something really special or it's just, you know, it's just simple technology and then you just make it into an app. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, um, it seems like, you know, the, 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 the catalyst here was, you know, you got a person on the team mm-hmm. who, who was more experienced in, in that area. Uh, yeah. I've heard a lot of uh, teams in this space actually coming together and working for like a token you know because they uh, you know like you know in a DAO structure or or, or, or just uniting around uh, creating a token uh, and i don't know exactly what their like deal structure is in terms of uh, who gets how many tokens and all that kind of stuff but i was curious to see if that has been part of your your journey uh, but but it seemed like you you went the more like traditional uh, investor uh, route. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I didn't go the the DAO part. Uh, so basically, being a DAO, you actually raise funds from the communities. Um, for us, we we are still a software company, and we define our product to be you know blockchain enabled. Yeah. We we we're not really uh, a layer one blockchain. We are more like a layer two application. 
So we, um, so yeah, we we kind of want to be on the different path, like a VC backed software startup kind of path, yeah. instead of being like a, a DAO and um, you know having our own community and raise funds from the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, you you just there was an interesting point that I just thought about uh, in terms of creating things on your own blockchain or like layer two uh, chain. <laughs> Is is that because the? I can imagine that you know, somebody would say, "Okay, but I want my NFTs to be like tradable on the open market, uh, and and you know, for that to be interesting for the game developers who mm-hmm. might raise money through selling their NFTs, mm-hmm. and you know, raising that money kind of means that okay, the the NFTs will increase in value." Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the incentive for people to to get in early you know besides actually want to play the game but some people not even uh, might not even care about the game uh, mm-hmm. and then you know the people are talking about you know the ethereum right now is kind of like the biggest market and then there's others uh, but what what's your story to to those like development agencies who uh you want to build on your platform and they want you know you know they're kind of seeing okay this mechanic is kind of missing because of the size that you currently have Mm -hmm. yeah so we uh we we're not a layer one solution so that's why we are only a protocol so that's that's the that's the um basically how we are different from other people so most of the other project they kind of want you to use their own chain um, and their own coins. We are a protocol, so we work with multiple chains. Uh, we work with BSC, AVAX, and uh, Polygon, and we, we're going to add Solana and Ethereum too. Um, so basically, we, we're going to add all of, the, you know, all of the coin later on. It takes you know, probably a month or two to add a coin onto our system. Um, and we, we provide a multi-chain architectures. So that that basically means it's in, intrusive. It's it's non-intrusive for people to use our platform. You know, if you wanna if you want the best security, you go with Ethereum. Fine, go with Ethereum. I don't stop you. Um, you know, they pay the gas fee on Ethereum, and then they 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 just basically mint the NFT on our platform. That's it. Uh, we don't we don't force them to hey you have to use our coin and stuff like that. It's just it's just a huge blocker if we do that. Um, yeah. And that's why we open it up for everyone. And yeah, uh, every, everybody, uh, all the game developers think it's, it's, it's a good thing that we do it this way. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, some of them want to work with Solana. Some of them is backed by Polygon. So, you know, they need to have an option to choose um, the chain they want to use. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense because that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, I can be, if you're not, super big and had a, have a lot of big studios behind you from the beginning it can be mm-hmm. hard to attract people if 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 you're creating like a closed system but multi-chain uh, sounds uh, super good uh, i was mm-hmm. like one you know i have one last question uh, for you but but before that i was thinking like you know since this whole experience of going from idea to to working in funding and things is is so fresh in in your memory you know, mm-hmm. if, if other people are kind of like thinking of going this route, you know, what's, you know, some some of the like do's and don'ts, just like a few, like a couple of do's and don'ts that you've experienced uh, mm-hmm. that you would tell people 
Yep. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, working in this space, um, I think the first thing you, um, uh, you see into the space is there's a lot of noise. Um, you know, every day you open up a magazine and you see a Web3 project that raised, you know, ridiculous kind of money. Um, so, yeah, we, in this space, we need to be, uh, basically, we need to be very um, calm and, you know, you don't have to really look at, you know, other project and kind of go like, you know, I have to raise like a $10 million seed round, like, it's crazy um, to, to even for normal startup to have that kind of funding. Um, so, yeah, the first thing is, you know, just to, um, just to be real. Uh, because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of also, you know, in the beer market is, is um, a lot of scam project actually like surface up um, and, and, and that's going to be continued uh, because last year there was so much project that came out. Um, I think this year, next year, you're going to start seeing failures and, you know, scam like coming up. So yeah, in, in this kind of market, what you need to do is, you know, you need to really differentiate your project from these kind of project. You know, have a clear vision, have a clear product, um, and have a clear team to actually like. You know, here's how I'm gonna build it this out. Um, instead of just you know present a cool idea and then do an NFT drops uh, to the community at a ridiculous price, and you know, um, and then you take the money like a lot of project does. Um, so yeah, the first thing, I think the first thing is to differentiate yourself. And then the second things when you fundraising is that, um, you know, you, you need to, uh, uh, one of the mistake I made initially is that I talk a lot about the product. Um, of, of course, like we are very passionate about what we do and the product that we built. Um, but for investors, uh, product is, is, is not really a priority for them. Um, for investors, uh, you need to keep in mind that uh, they care about profitability uh, stability a lot. So if they invest in you, how do they turn you into uh, a profit? Uh, so basically, and it's, it's, it's totally normal. It's the whole business model of uh, venture capital. And, um, and yeah, so you need to go into the pitches and be clear about how you're going to make money, how as an investor, they're going to make money from you. And how are you going to build a product that generate money? That's it. Um, and then, and then finally, when you go through all of these stuff, you can talk a little bit about your product. Yeah. So that that's like that's like the you know the uh, one of the painful lesson uh, lessons I I, I learned uh, initially. And then the second thing is also uh, speed. Um, so um, investor the look does look a lot for speed. So you, you need to build a product fast. You need to have a ability to uh, be ready to scale. Um, so <clears throat> so um, going into a pitch, if you say like, okay, we're gonna have a product like a year from now, uh, you, you're done, you're done for the pitch. So um, you need to be ready and you need to be like, okay, if we need funding, if we have funding tomorrow, we're gonna get the product out, we're gonna get the alpha product out in four months. So yeah. you have to be like that and you have to have a clear path of development towards uh, that. Um, you know, here's the design of the system. Here's how many developers I need. So this kind of granularity is gonna be good for, uh, for investors as well. And, you know, just, and then finally, just, um, you know, traction, uh, show any kind of traction you have. Uh, you know, for us, we, we 
um, we don't even have a product, but we have quite a few of studios that is working with us right now, you know, kind of develop our SDK with us at the same time. So as we, you know, as we develop a module, we're gonna, you know, send it over to them, say, hey, how does it look? Uh, it makes sense to you. So this is how you develop like SaaS product, like really good SaaS product. You, de you develop with the customers instead of you develop something yourself and then you force the customer to use it. Um, I mean, you in IT, you probably know a lot about these. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's basically the philosophy around our, you know, around our product, around our fundraising. And it's, it's hard. Um, I, I got too many no's uh right now of uh, until now so I'm, I'm not sure what is the you know formula for success here i think you know, like for me it's just uh be authentic you know be, be be have a good ethics um especially in the beer market like it's really really hard fundraising in the beer market yeah. like you know uh, when you are not you know when you're not like a high product uh my kind of product it, it takes time to build um because we have so many components, we have a complex product. We we need a big communities. We need um, we need a good ecosystem of uh, game studios. It's just so many things to build uh, at the same time. So our project is more of a long term kind of long term, and um, go with the linear growth um, for a while, uh, unless you are you know you are farming guild or you are gaming guild, then you can raise quite a lot of money because the the business model is proven and uh the space is still very very early so you know uh i see a lot of guild like easily raise like 10 million 20 millions even for the seed round which is like you know very crazy uh but yeah it's 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 two different paths that you can choose you can go with the you know if you want if you want to work uh in a big funding project then you you should think about you know high projects. So you should make an NFT games. You should make um, a farming guild uh, if you want to go that route. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much. I have one last question. I always uh, like to ask people, and that is, you know, and especially you know now we've we've talked a little bit about the like the company side of things, but but I'd I'd like to land this on your like your, where they all started uh, on your gaming passion. So if you are looking at gaming, uh, I, I assume that you're not going to stop gaming now just because you have a business. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. so, yes. so, so, so what are you most excited about uh, with about gaming in the future? Uh, Web3, uh, VR, whatever, you know, excites mm -hmm. you the most. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, I think 2020 uh, is when I first heard about, you know, play to earn concept. And it, it, it was, it was very interesting for me uh, initially. Um, and then I kind of jumped into the play to earn space, um, play a few games, try out a few things. Um, but basically the, the experience was not good, uh, mainly because these games uh, are not really game. It's just, it's, it's basically um, more like a, uh, so if you look at Axie, um, it's very basic mechanics, basic games. Um, as a as a long time gamer, is is nothing fun for you. Uh, but the, the the reason that so many people uh, go into the game is basically the economy is designed to to be like that. 
to encourage people to join so that you know you earn more as more people join so that's the whole economy uh tokenomic is, is about um and then i thought back then this is you know this is not going to be sustainable and that's why i i i, I didn't invest heavily in the play to earn space uh, at all and um and yes it, it turned out this year like you know actually was not doing very well either they they have serious inflation with their models because once you know when the new players stop coming in they're gonna be hit with crazy inflation and they, their coins gonna drop and you know i saw that in the beginning so that that's why i kind of stay away from play to earn and i kind of think about you know the future of gaming as well so is blockchain gaming's really about play to earn or you know play to earn it's just an early idea and then later on it's going to die out and there's going to be a more sustainable model in the futures um i bet on a second thing i bet that you know there should be a more sustainable um, mechanism or you know economy in the future for game for blockchain games um to be rolled out you know with you know high quality of gamings um good graphics good mechanics and then good economies based on blockchain as well so in the future if we have a game that you know can do those three things i think it's going to change you know whoever figured it out first is going to change gaming for for gamers like me for long time gamers like me forever um, yeah. because yeah because then you have the balance between you know greed and enjoyment uh instead of playing the game just because of the money um so yeah, that's what I hope for. Uh, I don't see a model like that today. I see a lot of project that trying to do, you know, interesting stuff, but it's unproven as well. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I um, kudos to them to try it out. And then I'm, you know, I'm curious in the future to see which one will be sustainable. Yeah, you know? yeah I, I very much agree. Uh, I've heard more and more people move from play to earn to play and earn which mm -hmm. to me sounds a little bit better where where the game is actually first priority and then the fact that you can uh, you can you can i actually consider it a little bit you can play with real money as well mm -hmm. uh, but i can imagine you know if you're a game developer what you would do is it's 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 cool and fun that people can own their assets and like really own them and you know, potentially sell them in whatever mm -hmm. marketplace is available. But then, you know, the best idea would be, okay, then you create stuff so that those money goes back into the game, you know. So you, you sell your old gun to, you know, be part of the funding for a new gun or, you know, whatever uh, thing. And I can see that's that's probably, you know, that to me, that's that's the fun, you know, that sounds fun. Um, and not necessarily because everybody else if if you have this other situation where you can basically farm something in in game and sell it that economy is going to blow up at some point no matter mm -hmm. what almost unless you have a constant stream of more players but then you will exponentially need more and more players uh, to to feed that beast right mm -hmm. yes definitely uh, Okay, cool. Well, uh, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, we've already mentioned, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I just, uh, what's it called? Your project, I'm stupid with names. Because it has Reniverse. Reniverse. Yeah, I knew it has some, something with Renegade. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. 
Reniverse, like Meta, yeah. Metaverse and Renegade. I think that mm -hmm. Reniverse.io, but uh, we will, you know, I'll send you a form where you can mm -hmm. fill out stuff and maybe, you know, drop uh, some some uh, some cool stuff there that you've heard about. And, uh, you know, uh, if there's any games that you, you, you have been inspired by uh, so that people can find a little bit of gold in the show notes as well. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we uh, one one thing that is coming up is that we're coming to South by Southwest uh, actually this week, this weekend. Uh, so if you know about South by Southwest, it's really it's like a huge event for gaming um, in in the United States. It's going to be in Texas. Yeah. So yeah. Um, hopefully we we're going to see some interesting things, meet some interesting clients, potential clients there. Awesome. And yeah, um, I will update you if we you know we have something interesting. Yeah, cool. Good luck with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm following you on Instagram, and I expect I'll, I'll see something, uh, you know, from from uh, from that event. Uh, not on Instagram, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Nobody uses Instagram in this space. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, and uh, yeah, see you soon. Thank you, Jasper. Thank you for your time. See you. See you. Mm -hmm. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Tsang. I'm looking forward to following Reniverse and see how it goes for them. If they succeed on their mission, and a lot of people certainly think that they will, it's going to be a great story. First of a startup story, and also in the future of gaming. If they can create a, an engine like that, which can bring these interoperability elements and the the... Web3 DeFi elements to gaming. It I see it could potentially be huge because one of the main issues of this is that for that to succeed, we need some protocols or systems that everybody agrees on using. Otherwise, it's going to be hard for interoperability to exist at all. I think... If they succeed, it could be, you know, it could be like could become like an industry standard, just like we see Unreal and um, Unity being for for games in general. So that's that's very exciting. I wish them the best of luck, and I'm looking forward to maybe catching up with them again in a in a few months or a year from now. Thank you for listening to Metaverse Cast, another episode in English. We're going to do more of those in the future. There is going to be some Danish episodes in between. I'm very well aware that that more or less goes against any common sense, but I think it's kind of funny. And I've always been torn between if I should do the stuff I do in English or in Danish because there's pros and cons and now I've kind of made the decision that to hell with it I'm just gonna do both and I'm go going to do both on the same platform <laughs> it doesn't make much sense from any kind of best practice uh, to build up listeners, uh, all that tactical stuff. But I must admit that I honestly don't care because for me, I really, really, really enjoy the conversations and I enjoy having them sometimes 
in my own language, Danish, but I also enjoy talking to people from all over the world who are doing cool stuff. So that's the way it is for now. I'm going to, you know, make an effort to mark all the episodes in what language they're in, so that if you start following this uh, podcast, you will see, or I would rather say, you won't waste your time turning on episodes that are in Danish if you don't speak Danish. Uh, so I'm trying to do like a little bit, you know, make it a little bit user friendly, uh, well knowing that that's this what I'm doing is probably not very user friendly to start with. So sorry about that. That's how it is for now. I don't know how it will develop in the future. But thank you very much for listening. And if you want to connect with me or if you want me to talk to someone, I'm very, very open for suggestions of who to talk to. Then you can find me on LinkedIn and you can find me on Twitter, uh, basically everywhere else except for uh, yeah, Snapchat and TikTok. I'm not there, not for any particular reason. I'm just not. So yeah, want to talk, get in touch. Thank you very much and see you or listen, hear you, you hear me, I don't know, in the next episode of Metaverse Cast. Mm-hmm.